Welcome to That You May Grow Thereby, a work of the Northern Kentucky Church of Christ. We are located at 18 Scott Drive in Florence, Kentucky. Our phone number is 859-371-2095. You can also visit us at www.nkcofc.com. And now, that you may grow thereby. Thank you for listening to That You May Grow Thereby. My name is Greg Littmer, and I am one of the elders at the Northern Kentucky Church of Christ. This particular episode is due to requests. Today I want to talk to you about depression, something that has reached epidemic proportion in our country. Depression can be defined as intense sadness, often greater and more prolonged than that warranted by objective reason. It is accompanied by feelings of dejection, lethargy, lack of normal interest, anger, resentment, or bitterness. The causes and the treatments of this condition are many and varied. There are people who are suffering from empirically proven chemical imbalances in their brains. Depression may not be the actual disease if in fact there is a disease, but it can be a symptom of the disease. Such people will and can only be treated by various medicines and will have to take those medications for the rest of their lives. Others can be depressed for a short period of time, with that depression usually brought on by certain circumstances that have arisen in their lives. For these people, a short-term help with medication is often called for, and if not, or in conjunction with, there are various therapies that can help provide help. However, I want all of us to know that the Bible deals with depression. And if you don't think so, come with me to Psalm 88. Psalm 88. The psalmist wrote, O Lord, the God of my salvation, I have cried out by day and in night before you. Let my prayer come before you. Incline your ear to my cry. For my soul has had enough troubles, and my life has drawn near to Sheol. I am reckoned among those who go down to the pit. I have become like a man without strength, forsaken from among the dead, like the slain who lie in the grave, whom you remember no more, and they are cut off from your hand. You have put me in the lowest pit, in dark places in the depths. Your wrath has rested upon me, and you have afflicted me with all your waves. You have removed my acquaintances far from me, You have made me an object of loathing to them. I am shut up and cannot go on. My eye has wasted away because of affliction. I have called upon you every day, O Lord. I have spread out my hands to you. Will you perform wonders for the dead? Will the departed spirits rise and praise you? Will your loving kindness be declared in the grave, your faithfulness in Abaddon? Will your wonders be made known in the darkness? and your righteousness in the land of forgetfulness. But I, O Lord, have cried out to you for help, and in the morning my prayer comes before you. O Lord, why do you reject my soul? Why do you hide your face from me? I was afflicted and about to die from my youth on. I suffer your terrors. I am overcome. 
Your burning anger has passed over me. Your terrors have destroyed me. They have surrounded me like water all day long. They have encompassed me altogether. You have removed lover and friend far from me. My acquaintances are in darkness. Do you think the writer of that psalm was not suffering from depression? If you happen to be in the throes of a temporary depression, mild or severe, please know that the Bible does give spiritual help for faith-based cognitive therapy to lift you eventually out of that dark cloud. It will not solve the problems for all who are suffering in this way, and it will not provide the answer for those who are suffering from various diseases brought about by physical changes in the brain, but for many it most certainly can and will help. Let me say this, however. Those who say that Christians should never be depressed, never suffer from any of these diseases, are naive, foolish, and do not know what they are talking about. Do not listen to them, it will only make matters worse. But go to the scriptures, for it may very well be that in your particular situation you will find the help that you need. Think about Hagar with me here in this episode. As we look at Genesis 21 verses 14 through 16, let's notice the cause of her depression. These verses say, So Abraham rose early in the morning and took bread and a skin of water and gave them to Hagar, putting them on her shoulder. And he gave her the boy and sent her away. And she departed and wandered about in the wilderness of Beersheba. When the water and the skin was used up, she left the boy under one of the bushes. Then she went and sat down opposite him about a bowshot away, for she said, Do not let me see the boy die. And she sat opposite him and lifted up her voice and wept. It was a horrible situation, and she thought that her son was going to die for thirst. I have sat with many people who have had sick children, or a very sick spouse, or a parent who was perhaps nigh unto death, and the dark cloud of depression began to spread itself over them, and they did not know what to do. I would never be one who would tell you, get over it, pull yourself out of this funk and move on. But I will tell you to see what helped Hagar out of it. It was the promise of God's help. In verses 17 through 19 of Genesis 21 we find, God heard the lad crying and the angel of God called to Hagar from heaven and said to her, What is the matter with you, Hagar? Do not fear, for God has heard the voice of the lad where he is. Arise, lift up the lad and hold him by the hand, for I will make a great nation of him. Then God opened her eyes and she saw a well of water, and she went and filled the skin with water and gave the lad a drink. Let me give you a few more places to look for help. In Psalm 55 verse 22 we find, Cast your burden upon the Lord and he will sustain you. He will never allow the righteous to be forsaken. While we're in the book of Psalms, let's move on over to Psalm 37 and look at verse 25, one of my favorite verses. David wrote, I have been young and now I am old. Yet I have not seen the righteous forsaken or his descendants begging bread. It could very well be that just the right doctor with just the right treatment may be found for that loved one who is so sick. It may very well be that that doesn't happen, but there is one thing we can be absolutely sure of. Just as God promised Paul when Paul sought help for some kind of physical affliction, a messenger of Satan, he called it a thorn in the flesh, even though he was not healed of it, God said in 2 Corinthians chapter 12 and verse 9, 
my grace is sufficient for you, for power is perfected in weakness. Most gladly, therefore, I will rather boast about my weaknesses so that the power of Christ may dwell in me. Now, even though we're going to talk about this a little more fully later on, even if that loved one passes from this life and is not a Christian, there is comfort and help to be found in knowing that God will always do what is right and that he is a just and merciful God. What about Elijah? I even often refer to him as sitting under the juniper tree of despair. What was the cause of his profound depression? I think that he was disappointed with God. Looking at 1 Kings chapter 19 and verse 4, we find, But he himself went a day's journey into the wilderness, and came and sat down under a juniper tree. And he requested for himself that he might die, and said, It is enough now, O Lord, take my life, for I am not better than my father's. Wow, Elijah said, Take my life. Look at verses 9 and 10. Then he came there to a cave and lodged there, and behold, the word of the Lord came to him, and he said to him, What are you doing, Elijah? He said, I have been very zealous for the Lord, the God of hosts. For the sons of Israel have forsaken your covenant, torn down your altars, and killed your prophets with the sword. And I alone am left, and they seek my life to take it away. If we were to look to verses 5 through 7, and we're not going to take the time to do that in this episode, we would see what is often caused as a side effect of depression. It affected Elijah physically. He slept and apparently for a time did not or would not eat until God intervened and instructed him to do so by an angel supplying him with the food. So what did he do? How did he remove himself from that precipice where one thinks that one more step and they will tumble into a place from which they cannot recover? He listened to God's plan. In verse 8, he arose and drank as instructed and went to Mount Horeb. There he experienced a great wind that broke rocks off the mountain, followed by an earthquake and then a fire. Then he involved himself in the Lord's work, appointing Haziel to be king over Syria, Jehu the king of Israel, and Elisha to be the prophet who would take his place. Then he found that there were co-workers who supported him, and he was not alone. Verse 18 says, Yet I will leave 7,000 in Israel, all the knees that have not bowed to Baal and every mouth that has not kissed him. In application, there are Christians who will help. Not all of them, but there are brothers and sisters who care upon what you even know. Seek them out and they will help in your temporary depression. By the way, if it is temporary and not something that you regularly experience, in other words, if it is not permanent and chemically induced, thus causing long-term treatment, that still does not mean that it is not serious, even debilitating, and not to be taken seriously. Think about Job. It just seems like what happened to him was completely unfair. Though, have you ever felt that way? Don't even feel more guilt for comparing yourself to Job? For you, at the time, it was just as serious. We know what happened. In Job 1, 9-11, through 11, we read, Then Satan answered the Lord, Does Job fear God for nothing? Have you not made a hedge about him and his house and all that he has on every side? You have blessed the work of his hands, and his possessions have increased in the land. But put forth your hand now and touch all that he has. He will surely curse you to your face.
So he lost his sons and daughters, his oxen and his donkeys, his sheep and his servants who kept watch over them, his camels and the servants who watched over them. Then Satan was given permission to go after Job personally, and by that I mean physically, to his person, and he did. Job became covered with boils from the top of his head to the soles of his feet. Then, in chapter 30, verses 16 through 20, and this is just one of many places we could go, listen to Job. He said, And now my soul is poured out within me. Days of affliction have seized me. At night it pierces my bones within me, and my gnawing pains take no rest. By a great force my garment is distorted. It binds me about as the collar of my coat. He has cast me into the mire, and I have become like dust and ashes. I cry out to you for help, but you do not answer me. I stand up, and you turn your attention against me. That's pretty bad, but for Job, there was a cure. Job came to learn by experience that God will always do what is right. In Job 19, verses 25 and 26, he said, As for me, I know that my Redeemer lives, and that at the last he will take his stand on earth. Even after my skin is destroyed, yet from my flesh I shall see God. He came to know just how great God really is. In 42, verse 2, he said, I know that you can do all things and that no purpose of yours can be thwarted. Down in verse 5 he said, I have heard of you by the hearing of the ear, but now my eye sees you. You see, he had come out on the other side, and so can you if you will go into the same place Job went to find help. Before we wrap this up, let's talk about Jesus. He suffered unjustly for others. Consider the well-known passage from Isaiah 53 verses 3-6, through and I'll be reading now from the King James Version. It says, He is despised and rejected of men, a man of sorrows and acquainted with grief, and we hid, as it were, our faces from him. He was despised, and we esteemed him not. Surely he has borne our griefs and carried our sorrows, yet we did esteem him stricken, smitten of God, and afflicted. But he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him, and with his stripes we are healed. All we like sheep have gone astray. We have turned every one to his own way, and the Lord hath laid on him the iniquity of us all. Now I'm not saying that Jesus suffered from depression as some do today, but there is no doubt that at times he suffered terrible emotional pain. For instance, in the garden, when in Mark chapter 4, verse 34, he said, My soul is deeply grieved to the point of death. Remain here and keep watch. In John 13 and verse 21, we are told that he was troubled in spirit. However, he courageously accepted the situation, as we find back in Mark 14, 41 and 42, which tell us, And he came the third time and said to them, Are you still sleeping and resting? It is enough. The hour has come. Behold, the Son of Man is being betrayed into the hands of sinners. Get up. Let us be going. Behold, the one who betrays me is at hand. Right up to the end, he continued to show concern for others, and that can most assuredly help. On the cross, Jesus said, Father, forgive them, for they don't know what they're doing. And throughout his life, he showed continued reliance upon prayer and his Father's word. These are just a few suggestions based upon Scripture, and they can help. But if you are feeling that dark cloud descending upon you, don't lose hope. 
Know that there is help and use it. And my heart, along with the hearts of so many others, go out to you and are ready to give to you whatever you need. I hope you're not experiencing depression, but if you are, perhaps this did you some good. Thanks for listening.